Hello, everyone, and welcome to the L2 Sports Podcast. I am your host, Lucas Cartelli, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Luca Moya. We have a jam-packed show for you guys today. Of course, we're going to be talking some Toronto Maple Leafs, as well as who do you prefer, Dreisaitl or McDavid? Uh, so we've got some Blue Jays and baseball uh, news coming out of Major League Baseball today, as well as football had a massive Week 11 and we'll give you our week 12 marquee matchups. But first, Luca, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Been good, man. Pats are rolling. I, I say this every week, but they're rolling and I'm loving it. I really, really am. Boston's doing pretty well. Um, the Raps are, you know, iffy, but man, what a week in the NFL. I just couldn't be happier tonight. Biggest game of the year, fantasy purposes. I'm playing Cooper Cup, and I'm up by like 25. The, the wow. fact, that, the fact that I'm still nervous because I know this man can just explode on any given play, um, is worrying me. But we live. That's the stress of fantasy football, ladies and gentlemen. But it's been a good week. Cannot complain. Well, on the fantasy note here, I wanted to to let you know what happened to me. Uh, last week i'm not gonna say it's all your fault but i took your advice took taylor hall he ripped bro listen 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 so i'm 4-0 in my hockey pool i'm first place most points in the pool and i come up against one of my buddies and i'm worried about this team i i I said it coming in coming into the to the week i'm like i am worried about it he's got mcdavid he's got good goaltending he's got solid like solid scoring defensemen so he absolutely smacked me my team really didn't show up. And I wanted to, uh, I asked Luke, I'm like, Jordan Cairo is on the waiver wire. He's on like the transactions were like the popular transactions uh, within mm-hmm. Yahoo and Taylor Hall through the first four weeks that I've had him really hasn't performed for me. So of course I text the Boston fan and, <laughs> and I say, Luca, what am I doing here? Jordan Cairo is a center left, right. And okay. Taylor Hall just won positions, though. I didn't, just I a one left winger, and he was lighting it up. He lit it up the rest of the week. And funny enough, I w- after Luca told me, maybe two days later, two days later, I'm like, screw this. I am taking Cairo, and I'm at work, so I'm like, okay, I'll pick him up. I'll pick him up tonight. So like, it's like a sneaky move because uh, we get the waivers the next day. Your waiver mm-hmm. pickups the next day. Five minutes later, I check my phone. The guy who I am playing picks up Jordan Cairo. And I was uh I was pretty mad. I got spanked this week. So um we'll just move on. You can't win you can't win every week, right? You can't win, can't every win week. them all. You can't win them all. So uh a team that has been winning a lot though, Luca. The Toronto Maple Leafs, baby. Oh, Eight yeah. of their last nine games. And I guess it's been a theme over this podcast is we're, we're just picking out different storylines and different topics uh, with the Leafs to talk about. And we talked about the, the big four last week. We talked about um, Jack Campbell. But this week, I want to talk about uh, the Leafs' third line, Kasha, Camp, Engvall. What are your thoughts on their role and how they've been playing for the Leafs? Because personally for me, I know they're not up to the Tampa Bay stand that third line with Yanni Gord, uh, Goodrow, and um, and Coleman, but they have been a great shutdown line for Sheldon Keefe. Camp has taken pretty much almost I think it's like over ninety percent of the of D zone draws 
He never gets an offensive draw, uh, face-off. Kasha is playing out of this world. I, he takes huge hits. I, I kept noticing they were talking about it on the radio. He just takes massive hits, but he plays with a lot of intensity. He got promoted to the top line in Buffalo on the weekend. And I'm really not the biggest Engvall fan, but he, he right now he's slotted. Uh, he's playing pretty, pretty well on that line. What are your thoughts? It's going to be interesting to see where Mikhaev slots back in after that. You know, those lines are playing so well. Mm-hmm. I've always been a big Andre Kasha fan because he was he was with the Bruins and injuries kind of derailed his Bruin career, you can say. It was a year and a half. He played not a lot of games, never, never scored for Boston, actually. And that was disappointing. But when he signed with the Leafs, that was a good pickup. Got him on a cheap deal. He's a great player. I think he's he's playing really well. He's probably – I don't know all of the Leafs offseason signings. I know Bunting was one of them, but right now – Bunting, Richie. Yeah, but he's proving to be, if not the best, one of the best mm-hmm. signings um, that the Leafs have made in the offseason. So I really like what Kosh is doing. Camp and, and Envol, I'm with you. I'm not a big Envol fan at all. I, I, I Seeing him on the power play really, really annoys me. I'm going to be completely honest mm-hmm. with you. But there's just something about it. When I look at my phone, he's he's on the score sheet. Like you just can't argue production, I guess. But if he's you know, if he's not scoring, he's just I, I don't I don't like him as a player. Nothing personal. I just don't like him his fit on the team. I've never been a huge Envol fan, but I mean, hey, I mean that third line, like you said, they're they're rolling right now, and I don't know if you really want to mess with that because mm-hmm. they're playing so well. So this is what the least needed outside the top four. The top four is being paid the most. We always talk about their wages. Every team needs depth scoring. Every single team needs depth scoring. The least are getting that right now with the third line, especially in cautious part. So it's really hard to argue who should come in, who should come out, who's not playing well when, when all the lines on Toronto right now seem to be buzzing. Yeah. I guess leave nation was really uh, like, I guess worried that, your top four is scoring all the goals. Like last week, I think the stat was they scored 13 of their 16 goals or something like that. And then Kasha gets on the board. Camp uh, gets on the board. Engvall gets on the board. And and even the fourth line with Richie, Spezza, and and Simmons. Simmons has been playing for the last two weeks. He's been getting chances. Eventually, they're going to go in. Um, Richie, I know you're a Boston fan. He did play. Uh, oh with Boston. I hope I hope uh, you he, like him, bro. Yeah, he really hasn't been um with the preseason was has been totally different. As soon as it switched over to the season, it's like we we Richie is invisible. But the couple past couple games, he has been coming on again, getting his chances. They're gonna come. I guess it, it takes a, a little bit to get comfortable with uh I guess uh, just a new lineup, new faces, new line mates and, and all that. And so he's promote he got promoted up to Marner's line I kind of liked it because again he was getting his chances you put him up with a playmaker like Marner I think Sheldon Keefe uh is just trying to mix up the line see if he can find something else that works um also what are your thoughts on how the Leafs it's more of pairs so you have Nylander and Matthews Tavares and Marner and the rotate it's like a rotation if one winger like Bunting moved down to the third line on in Buffalo Richie moves up here. Kasha moves up to the wing. Do you like the way that it's just like a revolving door because maybe that's their identity? Like anybody can play with these four superstars. Yeah, I think Matthews and Nylander, Tavares and Marner, I think that needs to stay. Mm -hmm. 
it's going to be hard, like whoever you plug in, because you expect them to do so much, and it's hard playing with big players. Because if if you don't produce for let's just say two three nights in a row, you're gone. Exactly. You have the media, especially in this market, you have the media going after you, saying, "Oh, you're putting Matthews and Marner. How you're not scoring more? Oh, it's your fault that you're not. You know." So it is hard for these players to play with with guys like that. And I mean, you are playing on. I think the list came out last week or like a couple of weeks ago. Like they're the, I don't know, really know how to word this. I'm, I'm having a brain fart, but they're the most valued NHL team. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. It's Toronto. Fun. Yeah. It's Toronto. Hard to, hard to play in Toronto, especially for hockey, man. It's really hard to play in Toronto, especially when they have, have such good players too. So the revolving door, I, I don't mind it. Like cautious playing good. I, I guess you kind of ride the hot hand as they say. Mm-hmm. But at a certain time, you do want to establish identity. Like, you don't know about injuries. That that always comes into effect. Like, you never know when a guy's going to go down, when a guy's going to be slumping. But it's still early in the year. But come playoff time, you need to have an identity. You need to create chemistry with your lines. Like, that's that's what these good teams do. Like, they, you see, like, Tampa, they had all those lines for, like, three years. Yeah. Except for you know the guys that they get at the deadline, but once they play, like they they didn't switch that third line did not switch. Boston's top line has not switched. So, you know they're great players, but I'm just saying you need to have some consistency and continuity. Yes, guys are going to be coming in and now. Yes, guys are going to be getting hurt, but you want to find the missing piece to fit with Marner and Nylander's game, and then Tavares or, Mar- or uh, Matthews and Nylander, and then Tavares and Marner. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's uh, it's pretty much. Like what I see with the Toronto Maple Leafs over this Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander era is it's them four, and then mostly it's a revolving door of just different depth players that coming that have come in, and that's probably the difference between Tampa Bay where they've had pretty much the same nine players for the for the two cup runs. So it, it, there's a lot of familiarity there. So I guess takes time. Sheldon keeps still looking for the matchup, still looking for uh, combinations. And I guess that's why you have 82 82 games in a season. Luca, for the first time this season, I went on the score app and I looked at the standings of the NHL. I know it's only 13, 14 games into the season. Some teams like the Leafs have played 16. And I'm looking at the Western Conference and it just doesn't look like our predictions at all. When do they ever? When do they ever? We're always wrong. We're in the central. Minnesota's leading. They're 10 and four. Colorado's in fifth. Dallas is behind them. We thought Dallas would be better. Nashville's up in third place. You move over to the Pacific. Edmonton is just playing out of their mind right now. Calgary as well. The Ducks. I've I picked up Ryan Getzlap. He looked at have found the fountain of youth or something. He has like, I think he has like 20 points this year already. Troy Terry gets a point every single game uh, mm-hmm. pretty much. He had a long point streak. Seattle, I, we, we wanted them to make the playoffs in our hearts, but I guess uh, it's going to be a, they're not the Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think they're going to go on that magical run. But sticking with that first place team, the Edmonton Oilers, Dreisaitl, McDavid, these guys are running, I guess, running away with the point and scoring lead in the NHL. Dreisaitl, 31 points already through 14 games. He's got 15 goals, as well as McDavid has 27 points and 10 goals. And you brought this up to me after uh, today. You wanted to talk about this. 
does it look like Dreisaitl doesn't need McDavid anymore? Because I, I'm pretty sure we've said on this podcast that the reason Dreisaitl got that big contract was because he played with McDavid and he set him up for that big year he had. Yes, they're both Hart Trophy winners, and Dreisaitl has proven it without McDavid uh, when he was injured. But right now, it seems Dreisaitl is just, I guess, it's like 1A, 1B uh, either way for both of them on the Oilers. When I look at these two players, you have to compare it to kind of like something that we've seen in the league. So I look at it like Crosby and Malkin. Mm-hmm. Malkin never really got, I don't think, the respect that he deserved. He was a great player, always a great player. Um, but it was always Sid, Sid's team. It, he was the reason. And 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 with, with all due respect, like he he – he was the greatest player of our generation. Like, let's be real. Okay. But you look at it like this Malkin in his prime or dry settle right now. That's how I'm looking at it. When you look at Edmonton play, when you look at Pittsburgh play back in the day, or even, even a couple of years ago when they went back to back, who was more impactful at the time? Was it Malkin on that team or was it dry settle on that team? You have to look at it with teams who have two franchise players. For me, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I don't obviously watch every Edmonton game, and I didn't watch every Pittsburgh game. Malkin, to me, was more impactful on those teams than Dreisaitl was on this team. Now, this is just maybe me talking crazy because the Pens have cups and they haven't won a cup yet. But when I watched Malkin play, I saw Sid go down. I saw him win the Art Ross one year. I saw Malkin at an MVP level. I saw him be phenomenal in playoffs. I saw him be phenomenal in the regular season. That's just me. I'm not saying... Drysaddle won't be as good as McDavid, but when you look at it, we're never going to know. Like, Edmonton's not going to move on from these guys anytime soon. So we're not going to know the answer to this question unless, you know, knock on wood, McDavid goes down for the year and then Drysaddle mm-hmm. has to pick up the slack. But for me, the last time we've seen something crazy like this, in my opinion, was Sid and Malkin. Mm-hmm. And for me, my personal opinion, Malkin was better. And that's where I think I'm not quite there with Drysdale yet. It's crazy because he produces points like crazy. Every time I look at the sheet, it's either him or it's McDavid. It's him or McDavid. Like he's on the sheet three times. But I'm just I don't know what it is. I'm not sold 100 percent yet. I still think he's a great player. And I say that he's overpaid. I think he's underpaid now. I think he's, yeah. What was he making? Like nine? I think nine it's nine. Half? I think it's nine. I yeah, think nine, should, nine and a half. I mean, with the contract, the way the contracts are going now, he's probably making ten and a half, eleven mm-hmm. million the way he produces points every single night. But there's just something about his game that for me, I don't see that impact. Like he's around the ice, like McKinnon is. He's he, every time he touches the puck, I'm like, Oh, the magic's going to happen. He just, I guess he plays a boring game, but it works. Yeah. I was, I was just going to like jump in there. Like McDavid is, you see him go one on four and yeah. have that flashy highlight reel goal. That's going to be all over social media, all over the highlight shows. Dry He's just that second guy. He'll put up two goals and one assist that game, and he'll be the second guy. Like, it's nothing. But he'll still lead the NHL with 31 points, but nobody is really talking about that. And that's where that year that, like, Malkin had or those couple years where Malkin had, he was all over the highlight shows, all over social media because he was making big plays without Sid, right? I guess guess, that's why. I guess we have to, like, God forbid, we don't want the star player in, in the NHL to go down, but is it going to take Dreisaitl on his own to, to really prove to everybody that he's that guy? 
Like he should be, like you said, he should be making $11 million with what he's produced the past two, three years already. I think now this Edmonton team, and you can see it in McDavid's eyes, you can see it in Drysaddle's eyes, this team is poised for the playoffs. McDavid feels different about this team. You see him in the press conferences, like mm-hmm. I am paid to, to do make big goals, go one on, not go one on four, but score big goals for this team. Big moments for this team. He's the captain. He's the franchise player. There's a different aura around this Edmonton team, and I guess you can see that in both these big, uh, big two players' eyes. Melkin and, or, or Dry Settle though, like Dry Settle now and Melkin back then. Yeah, like, you don't like you understand where I my just think they're two different from. players because yeah, Dry Settle's a winger, isn't he? Yeah, he's a winger, well, and I mean, Melkin's a center. I don't know on, on NHL, he's a center every time I want to trade for the guy. Really? <laughs> he's always the center. I, I thought he was a winger, to be honest. We're checking right now. We're going to go to the Yahoo Fantasy. I'm going to search oh, him up. Yahoo Fantasy, eh? But, like, I don't know. Like, but do you understand the comparison I was making it with? He's like, a center football? left wing. But do you understand the comparison I was Yeah, I know what you're – I know what you're – because they're two two franchise players. You We could argue saying Matthews or Marner. It's almost kind of the same thing. But yeah, but Marner, Matthews Marner's... is Matthews is the top the top guy. Yeah. But again, you could argue that things don't happen without Marner. Marner drives the bus. Oh, uh, yes, like yeah. he sets everybody up. He plays the penalty kill and, and, and all that. If Marner's not going for me, I think the team is not going. Yeah. You still need the, the, the two, the two wheels to keep turning Matthews, Marner, dry Seidel, McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Malkin. You still need those, those wheels turning uh, for the team to have success. So we're going to move on from some hockey now. Baseball. Quick news that happened this morning. Eduardo Rodriguez, formerly of the Boston Red Sox, signs a five-year, $77 million contract with the Detroit Tigers and reported the Jays were in on him uh, during contract negotiations, but he ended up signing with the Tigers. Like it or not, this sets the market for pitchers now for this upcoming offseason. And Eduardo Rodriguez, Luca, was nowhere near the Cy Young conversation this year. And he just got paid $77 million. Correct? Uh, what does yeah. this mean for, I think, the eventual uncrowned Cy Young winner for last season, Robbie Ray, in contract negotiations with the Jays? I, it's got to be over 100 110 easy at first really coming down the stretch when we were talking about it in august and september i'm always maybe looking at 90 maybe a just over reuse contract 95 100 no he he's going to be making 110 115 especially a desperate team looking for pitching they're gonna they're gonna be offering something high like that oh yeah there's always going to be a team that overpays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying overpays. But I'm just like, saying it's bad news for the Jays that this contract just came out for them, which just raises the stock of Robbie Ray. Trying to you, When we're trying to sign Simeon and Robbie Ray, who do we pick? It's just so tough, man, because Simeon's last, what, four years? ERA of 7.8, ERA of 4.9, ERA of 4.34. And then he and then he comes with a two point eight. Like, yeah, he I are, he had a great problem. season last year, and he pitched well for uh, the Red Sox in the playoffs. But 
77 no, I'm, million I'm for the about, next five I'm years. Talking about Ray. That oh, that was Ray's stats? Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. So, like, you can see Toronto's hesitant on wanting to sign this guy's long term. And oh, for sure. Like, man, like, it's such a risk because whatever you do, it's a lose lose. You sign a 29, 30 year old guy for five years, and then in two years, he, he's pitching like he was in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, do you not pay the guy and then he goes to another team like the freaking Yankees? Probably you're gonna no, pay him. I th- I'm and pretty sure the goes, Angels look at the Angels, uh, yeah. But the, I'm just saying, the Yankees get everyone, but I'm saying, <laughs> and he goes to the Angels, and him and Otani are the best one two punch in baseball. Like, it's so hard to tell. I think if you're Toronto, this is why we said it. This was the year. This is why because everything was going for us, yeah. But it still hurts. I'm gonna be honest. It, it does. Sometimes it, I just it, sit back and I'm like, man, I remember when the, when, when the Yankees just came back in that ninth inning, that one game. Like, if if they just didn't, we would have had a shot. No, I remember Luca, in Boston. That came I back. hear it all the time. If Simeon didn't throw that ball away at second base to the and we lost in extra or in the ninth oh. inning to the Detroit Tigers, we're in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs, and it's going to be tough because Simeon has been reported that he wants to sign before uh, the CBA negotiations get get underway. I say you lock Simeon down. That's me. I think he's the first guy you go for. Siri's even getting in on this conversation. Uh, I'd say you go Simeon. Yeah, I say go Simeon. I just think he makes more of an impact. He plays 162 games. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You, you know what I mean? Robbie Ray comes out 30 times, but those 30 times, you're going to get a W. You know what I mean? 30, 31 times, 35 times. And in the playoffs, we don't know how Robbie Ray can perform That's the, the thing, playoffs. though. Like, when Semyon's going 0 for 5, Ray's holding them to two hits. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it's, so <laughs> it's a lose-lose. It's and then a when lose. Ray gives up four runs, Semyon's winning it in the ninth inning with yeah. a three-run jack. So it's just, you know. Just the, the thing is, is we just need both of them and we'll, everybody will be happy. And then that everything will be good in Jay's land. So we'll see what happens. Long off season to go before spring training uh, gets underway next February. Let's transition over to the gridiron. Some football. Big news from week 11. Cam Newton, Aww. the former Patriot, God, makes yeah. his return to Carolina. Ends up with two touchdowns and the W for the Panthers. What do you make of this, Luca? Your former quarterback comes back and he just lights it up right away with this former team. Can I just say one thing? I'm not a hater. No, I'm not. Of course not. Nice jersey <laughs> in the background, by the way. Yeah, the you frame like that, eh? 92 Moya. Sorry to interrupt. With the gloves? Look yeah. This. Gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. I like thank it. You. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, sorry. <laughs> Cam, <laughs> Newton, Cam Newton. Carolina return. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Can I just say, and I don't know if you felt this way, him yelling on back might have been the cringiest thing oh, I've ever seen. with the helmet off and everything. Oh, get out of here, bro. Because if he stinks it up next game, it's like, what What do you say now, Cam? You're back? Buddy, <laughs> you're 6'6", six, six, you're 50 pounds on a five-yard line running a QB draw. I hope you get in. Like, I hope you get in. I'm like, buddy. You're not back. Okay, last time you were in, you were telling Pat's Nation, now oh, this is going to be something different. What happened? You got dropped for the rookie of the year. That's right, I oh said it. Oh, my gosh. That's right, I said it. You are jumping ahead, Luca, because that was my next question. Mac Jones and the Pats, they smacked the Browns. 
45 to 7. Mac Jones, 19 for 23, 198 yards, three touchdowns. Okay, Luca. Let's okay. Take off your biased Patriots hat and put it on the side for two seconds. Can Mac Jones be rookie of the year for 2021? Like you just said. So I guess that's a yes. And is he in the future a potential MVP? Potential MVP. Because I, mean, I don't think so. I think Mac Jones, based on like people are saying, well, the San Francisco Giants and, and the, the the Bears and all, all these teams who passed up on Mark, Mac Jones and made a mistake. I don't know. Because I think they took Flyers and the Jets as well. And you could Jacksonville, but who was arguing with the Trevor Lawrence pick? They took Flyers on guys who can potentially be MVPs of the league. And I think Mac Jones, yes, he's going to be probably a great quarterback based on the system that he's in with Belichick and, jo- and Josh Daniels for however long they stay there with the Pats. But I just don't think he's like going to be something special throwing 50 plus touchdowns for 6,000 yards or 5,000 yards a season. You know, you know what I'm saying? Going into the draft, he was the most, other than Lawrence, I guess. He was the most NFL ready quarterback. Ready. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. He was the most, and everybody knew that. But I, I've said this to you, and we, we, we've gone back and forth. This It's all about situation, man. There's no telling that if Mac Jones went to another team, he'd be doing this good. No. It's a, based know. on your team and how they, yeah. they, they, they craft that playbook and the offense for you. Exactly. And you don't know if, uh, you know, if Justin Fields went somewhere, if, if he was on the Pats, if he'd be doing better or worse than he is now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love Justin Fields and I wanted him. But I did say at the time, and go back on the record, he makes sense for the Pats. He just fits the system, and every single week he's getting better. Now, I can't give you an answer on the MVP thing because I don't know how this roster is going to be constructed with the receivers. I agree with you. I can't see him going out every single year throwing 45 touchdown passes mm-hmm. with 5,000 yards, you know, and that sort of thing. But I can see him being, you know, 30 touchdowns a year around 60, uh, high 60s, maybe low 70 completion percentage, middle of the pack in yards. That I can live with. Yeah. And when I look at Mac Jones and people have asked me this, can you see yourself winning a Super Bowl with him? I'm going to be honest. Like, he's not going to lose me a game, but he's not going to go and take it like these greats would, like Brady or Rodgers or Mahomes. He's not going to go and just take it from you. So you think that but the he's going to do the need, right things. Yeah. The Pats would need a game changing receiver I or something so. like that with uh, the type of quarterback that Mac Jones is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like if they, if like they, if had, they a, had a, if they had Mac Jones and uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill, like those two game changing oh, wow. offensive players, like it I just, don't see, I don't know if they need like a, a, a Tyree kill because I don't think you got the arm strength to throw it 80 yards down yeah. the field like Mahomes does. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like that's why I wanted to, like they need like a nice shifty receiver on the inside to be able to shake single coverage. And it's rare to find that, obviously. Yeah. I'm asking for a top five receiver. Yeah. But if he had someone like that, like just look what he's doing with this receiving core. And they've been playing well. But Mac Jones is also playing phenomenal and putting them in positions to play well. He's looked poised, he's looked great. When it comes to rookie of the year, Jamar Chase is phenomenal. But I always look at it like this, and they usually do this in the NFL, agree with it or not, plays harder position. Yeah. And look about the impact he's having from this team than it was last year. Mac Jones started over Cam Newton. They cut Cam in one offseason, said, 
you know what we saw you all of last year. This kid we've seen for a couple months. He's better than you. And they went ahead with the decision to carry the weight of the world, basically, in the success of Tom Brady, man. Like the stress and the pressure to do that. And he's doing it pretty well. I think he should win rookie of the year. Um, considering everybody the way they were talking about him before the draft. Like, come on. Yeah, I guess he's been Cam- more valuable to the Pats than Chase has been to the Bengals. That's how yeah. you gotta look at it. Yeah. Because I guess Cam never really had that pressure, like you're coming in after Tom Brady. Because like I don't think that just was the permanent character. option. That wasn't the yeah. permanent option for the Pats. That was just like let's get through this year uh with a I guess a, a quarterback that has played in the NFL before. Now they went to Mac Jones and now he has all that pressure because he's their first round draft pick. The Pats have been rolling, like you said, Luke. I think what is it, four in a row now? Um, four in yeah. a row, and I think they have the uh, a, a nice easy week this week. Oh, I don't want to say easy because of all the upsets that's been going on. They have um, the Atlanta Falcons in the Thursday nighter uh, in Atlanta uh, this week. So come on, okay. that has to be a win. That has to be a win. Has to be a win. Make it five. Make it five in a row. Let's move on to these marquee matchups here quickly as we round off this show green bay at minnesota green bay favorite just by two and a half two and a half is pretty small and yeah that's what it would, I, I know it's only monday i guess we do these picks on monday and a lot can change with the spreads but yeah green bay they smack the seattle seahawks 17 nothing and they're coming down we have the seattle arizona game we'll get to that but green bay two and a half minnesota they beat the Chargers last week too. They did. That was that was an upset. I'm gonna go with Green Bay. I mean, just think they're a better team, mm-hmm. and I think the Vikings could be a good team, but then another week they could be a bad team. I just think Green Bay is more consistent. Their defense is showing out. Aaron Rodgers, I trust him. I mean, two and a half. I mean, that's pretty low. I know it's a divisional game and it's in Minnesota, but I mean, come on. I I, I would trust Aaron Rodgers to cover three a field goal a field goal yeah okay i'll go with green bay too uh dallas and kansas city kansas city favored by two how about them cowboys baby i was gonna say cowboys all the way dallas i i and and i think this is just because i want dallas to win so bad Mm -hmm. so bad and i think they will win i do think they'll win I don't think Dallas's defense, I don't know if you agree, is as good as everyone thinks it is. Mm-hmm. But I think they could do enough because that offense is really good. Yeah. that off. That, it, I think it's just going to be a shootout. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. a 40-40, four, a something like that really? uh, type of game. Because like, eh. both defenses are, like like you said, the Dallas defense is like this in disguise, like a good defense in disguise. And the mm-hmm. Kansas City defense really hasn't been that great. Uh, this yeah. year, I guess they come, they've come along these past couple games and the couple games that the Chiefs have won. But with the offense that Dallas has, it's going to be a test for them. Um, I don't know if this is a murky matchup. I just thought the spread was was really close. The Jets, Miami, and the Jets oh, minus God. three, minus three for Miami. There's so many bad football teams in the NFL, and like I know. this is just awful. I, I'm helping a guy like he always like tells me is like his pro line picks, and like I was looking at this week, I'm like, there's so many like like just bad teams playing bad teams. Like you can't pick a winner, right? You can't cause you don't know what bad team is going to be shitty. Yeah. And then you <laughs> go and like, you can't pick. It, it's so tough right now in the NFL, but like my, like Miami and the jets, the jets are at home. I'm going to go with the jets and that, that white 
that white kid playing quarterback. I think he's Mike gonna have a, White. Mike White, the guy who should have went first overall, like you oh, said. God. Oh, yeah. Well, that was funny, but I'm gonna go with the Jets at home. I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I just think they're better. I just and they just beat the Ravens. Like, how did that happen? Exactly. Like, what's happening in the NFL? Like, what is actually up? And just not allowing like people to make picks or bet on games to win money. They just don't want that to happen. Like, for some reason, when teams come off of big wins, they lose the next week. Mm -hmm. Like Philly beat Denver after Denver just beat you know, um, whatever. Denver just beat Dallas. Right, like I can't think of one off the top of my head, so it kind of looks like a shitty reference. <laughs> Other than that one, you know what I mean? But we get uh, what you're saying, though. I know. Oh yeah, like the Cardinals come off, they beat you know the breaks off the 49ers with Murray and D Hop, and then the Cam Umbrak, whatever that cringy thing. Yeah, they, they lose the, to Carolina. They crush them. You know what I mean? Like we'll see what Washington's made of. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. The Saints. Saints beat Saints beat the Bucks. They lose to the Falcons the next week. So it's just like good team. Like teams getting big wins and then losing the next week. It's happened too many times this year. But I think Miami. I just the Jets are awful, man. So is Miami. But like, like I don't even want to. Like this game is one of those games where you see you're like, no thanks. Yeah, you just no switch switch the channel. Don't even uh, don't even click yeah. on it. Uh, final game and again surprise me on the line right now. Seattle at Arizona. Arizona, Arizona only favored by two and a half over the Seahawks, who didn't score a point. Yeah. Well, this last is your, week. this is your team. So That's what I was like. Oh, okay, Arizona, the tops in the tops in the West, or they're, they're what are they? Eight and two. Eight and two. Yeah. They're you only cards. I'm going. I'm okay. I well, think my unbiased opinion. Yeah, I think the cards are going to win. Obviously, okay. at home. They're, gonna, they at, they're at home. Okay. They're at home. Yeah, it's tough. And and Seattle didn't score a point against Green Bay. And they're only the, – the spread's only two and a half. Yeah. Against actually, one of the best teams in the NFL. It's crazy, actually. I was yeah. like, all right. They think high of the Seahawks. I like Even when Seahawks. OBJ was like, I want to go to the Seahawks. We talked about this last week. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I want to go to a contender. Let's go to the Seahawks. Why? Yeah, like, I wonder if Geno Smith was playing what the line would have been. Yeah, like, but now uh, Russell's, Russell's back. back, and he's got a game under his belt. I'm going Hawks, just so if they win, I can come in here next week. Like, and say I you went against your team. I'm yeah. your team, and they got me a dub. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Those are our picks uh, for this week. Hey, quicker show than uh, than usual. We haven't rambled that much. Yeah. Oh, 34, 35, hey, minutes. 34, 35 minutes. Let's end the show now before it gets to 47. Exactly. Nice Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You can to, you can listen to this podcast on any podcast platform you can. Any one of your choice to listen to these two dummies give dumb picks about the NFL, the NHL, baseball, etc. Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. That's Luca. I'm Lucas. Have a good one. Yeah.